It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show, the Falcons offensive line isn't the problem that you think that it is. Falcons have one more move that they have to figure out, and the Hawks have to avoid their road blues that they started out with last year. It's all next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. We ask you to head over to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free, give us a five star review. Roku and Amazon Fire, you can check us out on those platforms as well. And of course, follow me at JMCH316. So, I know one of the arguments that all of you Mariota stands out there love to try to tell me is, oh, well, Chuckery, the offensive line isn't blocking. That's why they can't pass and this and that and all that. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into the actual numbers of it. Okay. And, and let's not go off of theory and eye tests and things like that. Let's talk about where some of the numbers are for the Atlanta Falcons this year. So the Falcons come into this week. It's according to pro football focus grades and metrics and everything like that. Falcons come into this week as the ninth highest graded offensive line in the NFL. Well, Chuckery, they're run blocking really good, but not pass. Okay. The Falcons come in as the 17th ranked pass blocking offensive line in the NFL. Now let's look at that over the last three years. Last year, the Falcons were 31st in the NFL. So the Falcons were the second worst pass blocking offensive line in the entirety of the NFL last year. The year before that, they were 23rd in the NFL. The year before that, they were 25th in the NFL. Well, it's because Marcus Mariota can run and all that. No, it's not. That doesn't factor in mobility of a quarterback. All mobility of a quarterback factors into is how long you can extend the play because an offensive lineman either wins or loses their block. Okay. That's, that's the reality of how the metric works. Either they win or they lose. And, and if you look at where some of these guys are at, say what you will about Caleb McGarry, but his grade is 20 points or 20% higher year over year. In fact, he's having his best pass blocking grade. Now, I get on Sunday, that sack was on him, and we've talked about that earlier this week. That was all on him. His guy ran right around him and clubbed Mariota for it. So that's on McGarry. But overall, he's 20% higher year over year and having his best pass blocking grade. Elijah Wilkinson is having his best pass blocking grade of his career. In fact, just to give you an idea, He's at 67.1 for his pass block grade. Jalen Mayfield last year was ready. Are you sitting down? 27.6 was Mayfield's grade last year. 
I don't know if it's possible to be worse than that. Now, we'll talk about Mayfield here in just a little bit because there's one more domino that has to be figured out in all of this. But when you look at across the board about where their offensive line is, the, the big problem for grading some of this out is simply the number of attempts because you're talking about almost 200 snaps less than the average team in the NFL when it comes to throwing it. It's drastic when you look at it. The one spot on the offensive line that is still problematic is the center spot. Drew Dahlman grades out at a 49.7. Now, anything below 60 is below average, and you start getting into he's not NFL caliber. He's at 49.7. What's fascinating, though, is remember when we talked about this? So Matt Hennessy last year, it was nothing special himself, was a 50.5. Dahlman's a 49.7. Remember that? Spider-Man meme? Spider-Man, Spider-Man. It's the same guy out there at center again. They're, they're one and the same. There's no difference between Matt Hennessy and Drew Dahlman, as we try to tell you all offseason. Doesn't matter who starts, what the name is on the back of the jersey. It's two undersized guys that are going to struggle at center. Here's the one thing, though. You know, Drew Dolman has more penalties than any offensive lineman in the NFL right now, regardless of position, tackle, center, guard, whatever you want to pick. Drew Dolman has the most penalties by an offensive lineman in the NFL this year. Tough when that's your center. Why? Because, again, him and Hennessy, two undersized guys, Spiderman, 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 it's the same guy all over again. So outside of center, if, if, if you had a competent center play, he'd be in the top half of the NFL in pass blocking. But again, the difficult part is just they don't throw the football. Their, their number of snaps that they've taken in pass blocking is drastically lower than every other team in the NFL. So I know everybody wants to use the excuse, oh, the offensive line's not doing their job and blocking all that. Well, the numbers and the metrics don't tell you that. That the numbers and the stats and the grades and you know the analytics and all those kinds of things, you know, win rates and things like none of that matches up with that narrative. And if you're gonna tell me I test, you know, sorry. I mean, I can see that McGarry gave up an awful sack on Sunday. But if you look at where these guys are at, including Caleb McGarry, I'll give McGarry credit. He's not been outstanding, but He's certainly better than he was last year as far as pass blocking. Now, run blocking, and by the way, Chris Lindstrom is the seventh highest graded pass blocker in the entire of the NFL. So, again, regardless of position, Chris Lindstrom is elite when it comes to pass blocking. He's just an elite offensive lineman as it is. But say what you will, the changes that they made on their offensive line, and this is where I give a lot of credit to Arthur Smith and the idea of competition, knowing where their weaknesses are, and let's let's get guys to compete. The Elijah Wilkinson to Jalen Mayfield is drastic. Like, it's, it's more than, you know, again, we're talking more than double the grade that they got last year. And what do we say? You can afford to have a guy who is not very good on the offensive line see Drew Dahlman Dolman and Hennessy, Spitterman, Spitterman. Here's the same guy all over again. You can have one of those guys on your offensive line. 
You can't stand two guys side by side that are awful or below average or things like that. And that's where the Falcons got into trouble last year. So with what Lindstrom is doing, with what Elijah Wilkinson is doing, they can make up for some of the deficiencies that Dahlman has, who's obviously in his first year learning all that kind of stuff. You know, obviously, you know, he won the starting job. But competition has led to the Falcons making some changes that are benefiting them this year. So when you want to talk about pass blocking and where they're at and what it's happening and this, that, and the other, Falcons are drastically better. Falcons are have gone from 31st in pass blocking last year to 17th. And if they got their center figured out, they'd be a top half pass blocking offensive line. Again, the problem is there's not enough trust in the quarterback to be able to utilize all of that. And again, win rates and all that kind of stuff. I give the Falcons credit. Their offensive line in both the run and pass game has been drastically better. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. Listen, we're neck deep in all kinds of sports action right now, right? NBA, NHL is going to be coming along. College football, NFL football, baseball World Series, right? So you want to get in on the action. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. So take the mobile device. It's super easy. Put that mobile device in your hand that you carry everywhere. Pop in betonline.net. Head there today. Check out all the news and information that they have. You want e-betting. You want scores. You want stats. You want podcast information. All the information that you need to be smarter in sports wagering is available at betonline.net. And you can get in on all of the action with everything going on. You think the Falcons are a good play this week at six and a half over the Carolina Panthers? I think they're a very good play this week. Six and a half for the Falcons. Crazy to think that they're favored by a touchdown at home. When's the last time we've seen that for a while? But you can get in on the action at betonline.net. So take the mobile device, head there today. Betonline.net is where the action starts. So as we talk more about the Atlanta Falcons, a few weeks ago, we talked about the idea of, okay, coming week five, you know, they're going to have four main guys that will be available to come off of IR. What are they going to do with those guys? And we went through Isaiah Oliver, Deion Jones, Marlon Davidson, Jalen Mayfield, right? That's the four main guys that were went to IR at the start of the season that they would have decisions made on. So we talked about, I told you that I thought that Isaiah Oliver would be the first to come off and get activated. They like what he did. And he even said that he didn't necessarily have to go to IR. He could have come back in a couple of weeks, but with the way D Alford played, it just made more sense. Just go to IR, get yourself recovered. We'll keep that roster spot and we'll figure it out from there. Well, he's back and he's on the 53 man and he's playing now. We talked about Deion Jones. We told you. He'd never play another snap again for the Atlanta Falcons. Guess what? One week after he was eligible to come off of IR, he was a Cleveland Brown. And by the way, did you see last weekend? He was activated to the 53. In fact, he played for the Browns last Sunday. So we told you about that one. Marlon Davidson was released yesterday. We told you about this. I told you that I thought they would release Marlon Davidson. Look, here's the reality of Marlon Davidson, okay? He had the pick six against Tom Brady, and that's literally the only play he's made. He's always hurt. He's always beat up, banged up. And I was, look, I, I saw him at training camp. He looked really good physically and this, that, and the other. But unfortunately, he's a guy whose career is 
100% defined by he can't stay on the field. So I was excited when the Falcons drafted Marlon Davis. In fact, I had a chance to interview him right after he was drafted. I was excited. You know, he played inside and outside at Auburn. He played with Derrick Brown. He was a four-year starter in the SEC. Had a lot of high hopes to it. But the reality is, is that, as we say, you can't make the club in the tub. And like this or not, and this is where you get into the Dolman and Hennessy argument, this regime did not draft Marlon Davidson. That's from the previous regime. So we told you about the fact that he was going to get cut. So we're three for three so far on the four big guys. So that leaves one spot left. That leaves what do they do with Jalen Mayfield? Now, I'm going to tell you the same thing now that I told you weeks ago. This is what I believe. And we just told you that as far as Elijah Wilkinson and Jalen Mayfield, Elijah Wilkinson's got a 67.1 pro football focus pass blocking grade. Jalen Mayfield was a 27.6 grade last year who gave up the most sacks of any interior offensive lineman in the NFL. And I believe was top 10 in penalties as well last year. This is what I believe about Mayfield. Whether they actually navigate him through this year or just sort of let him linger on IR, because you don't have to bring guys off of IR. They can stay there for as long as need be. But remember, in the NFL now, once you activate a guy, you know, you you literally, once you start practicing him, okay? And, and the IR thing is weird now because it's, you know, four games instead of three. But once you get a guy that starts to practice, you have, I think it's three weeks to then go in and activate him to your 53-man roster. Or if you don't, then he stays on IR. He has to go to IR for the remainder of the season. But you don't have to bring a guy off of IR. And you also have a limited amount of transactions that are available. You get like eight IR transactions over the course of the season, right? So if you if you bring a guy back and put another guy on IR, you got two transactions. So it's 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 a little bit screwy, but they've done this to allow teams to kind of, for lack of a better term, right? They do this in the NBA, stash and dash a guy, right? So this is what I believe is that if Mayfield comes back this year, at best, he will be a practice squad guy. At best, they will put him on the practice squad and just let him stay there. Look, with all due respect, ain't no team in the NFL going to claim Jalen Mayfield. Ain't no team lining up to claim him off the Falcons practice squad. And I do believe this. I think next season going into OTAs, mandatory minis, training camp, and things like that. I think he will get one last chance to win the starting job next year. It may be Wilkinson. It may not. They may decide to bring him back. They may not. He may get a better offer. I don't know. But I do believe that Jalen Mayfield going into next season will get one last shot to be the starting left guard. And if he can't win the starter's job, he'll be cut. They'll they'll move on from him because there's no reason to keep him as a rotation guy. Look, say what you will about a Colby Gossett. He's actually graded out pretty well. He's actually done a good job this year. He got that one start a few weeks ago. He actually played pretty well. So I can live with a Colby Gossett as one of my rotational guys. So we gave you Isaiah Oliver. We told you he'd be the first guy back and he'd be 
activated pretty quickly. Check. We told you that Deion Jones would never play another down for the Atlanta Falcons. Traded a week after he was eligible to come off of IR. Didn't play. They showcased him for a quarter in the preseason. And then magically, ooh, my arm. My arm's broken. My arm's broken. And went to IR. And then a week after he was eligible to come off, he's a Cleveland Brown. And he played this past weekend. We told you Marlon Davidson, most likely going to get cut. Not a real surprise, but again, I know, listen, I saw him in training camp. I told you, I, I would have liked to have seen, could he do something? But you add in too, by the way, how good Taquan Graham has been for this team, a guy that they drafted and they believe in, even though he was a fifth round pick compared to a second round pick, they believe in Taquan Graham. They believe in Abdullah Anderson. They believe in the guys that they have to play along with Grady and they're getting good production out of those guys. Taquan Graham's had a very underrated season. I'll give him credit. He's been pretty underrated for this defense this year. So with the guys that they have and the production that they're getting, there was really not a spot for Marlon Davidson to play. So it was going to be a pretty easy decision that, look, he's in, you know, they, they weren't, they're not going to resign Marlon Davidson anyway. So you might as well just wait till he's healthy, let him get cut and move on, and then he can go pick up with another you know team and see what you've got and all that. But the Mayfield thing will be interesting because, again, I don't know that they will eat. I would not be surprised if they go the whole season and don't activate Jalen Mayfield as far as just even start practicing him or, or put him on the – I wouldn't even be surprised if they just stash and dash him for this season. But I think the best case scenario that Jalen Mayfield can hope for is the fact that it's going to be a practice squad spot because there's no real reason to put him on the active roster. There's no spot for him. He's not going to play over Elijah Wilkinson. He's really not probably better than Colby Gossett. So, you know, again, get healthy, get yourself ready for next season, get yourself prepared. Maybe he has a good off-season workout program. Maybe he gets it together mentally, physically, everything else, and gets himself ready. But I think he'll get one last chance next year to start for this team. Otherwise, it'll be Asta Lasagna. Don't get any Anya. He'll be cut just like what Marlon Davidson was. All right, I want to remind you, we uh, want you to make, obviously, Locked On Sports Atlanta your first listen every day, but make NFL key predictions, which comes out every Friday. Friday on our Locked On NFL channel, your second listen. Hey, Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday Night Football. Plus, you get betting advice from the field's leading experts from Bet Online. So follow NFL key predictions. They come out on every Friday on our Locked On NFL channel. Uh, NFL channel. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast from. So after a two and one start at home for the Atlanta Hawks, a little bit disappointing because Charlotte was depleted. And again, the thing I did not like was once again, the head coach is doing a post game press conference talking about defense and effort. They didn't play good defense. <clears throat> he wasn't happy with the effort defensively. That gave me vibes of last year and all that good kind of stuff. So the Atlanta Hawks now get ready to hit the road. They start tonight on the road. So they have a five-game road set that's coming up here. So they start in Detroit tonight. They'll play Detroit again on Friday, then at Milwaukee, at Toronto, and at the New York Knicks. They'll head to MSG 
to wrap that up before they come back home on November 5th to play the New Orleans Pelicans. So one of the things that started to derail the Falcons last year was their start on the road. If you remember, the the, the Atlanta Hawks last year, they got off to a 1-8 start on the road. Now, granted, look, they did mix in Cleveland, New Orleans, Washington early on in the year. But then they had that West Coast road trip. Remember that last year where they went to Phoenix, Golden State, Utah, and Denver, where they lost all four of those games on the road. Now, obviously, when we talk about Pistons and, you know, that, the level of competition is not the same. The Pistons ain't the Suns, right? The, the, the New York Knickerbockers, you know, that's not the Utah Jazz. So the Hawks really, though, need to be sure that they get off to a good start on the road as, as well. Because besides some of their struggles at home early on, that early road trip really kind of set the tone for sorting to starting to derail a little bit what the Hawks record ended up being. And remember, we're talking about a team that fought, scratched, and clawed just to get into the play-in round of the NBA tournament, right? To get themselves into a series and all of that and the other. And when you look at this five-game set that they got coming up, look, they're certainly better than what the Detroit Pistons are. Milwaukee, that is what it is. Toronto is what it is. But New York is a team that they absolutely can beat. Hawks need to find a way to go three and two on this five-game road set and get themselves off to a good start overall. And the schedule really sets itself up here in the early part of the season for the Hawks to get off to a good start and not feel like you're behind the sticks and behind the chains and you're always trying to play catch-up. And yeah, they had issues last year. You had COVID, you had people hurt, people out, this, that, and the other. But while everybody here in the early part of the season is healthy, lined up, ready to go, they need to make some hay on the road. They can't get themselves off to another one and eight start on the road like they did last year. So it's a five-game set. They need to find a way to at least be three and two. And they've got to get back to what they were in the first couple of games, playing much better defense. You know, certainly in the first two games, and I understand it was Houston and Orlando, that they put up good defensive effort. But I, And I said this all last year. What I can't hear again this year is our head coach or our star players that get up in front of the media every night after a loss and they talk about defensive effort. They talk about we didn't get after it. We weren't engaged. All the talking point buzzwords that this team had last year about why they couldn't play good defense. So while obviously there's a lot of buzz about the Hawks and where this season is going to be and what they can be, this is a chance where you've got to get right early in the season and take advantage of the way the schedule lays itself out. They get off to another one and eight start on the road, and we're going to be back in that same cycle of just trying to play catch up, catch up, catch up, catch up. Because let's face it, the Hawks will certainly be an improved team. But the idea that the Hawks are going to go 41 and 0 at home, or, you know, obviously they, they have one game, the Hawks going. 
39 and you know 39 and 2 at home or something ridiculous probably not realistic they'll certainly be a very good home team cuz that's what they've been even last year and that's really what got them back was trying to be good at home but they need to be competent on the road getting off to a 1 and 8 start did not help the direction that the season went and then hearing your coach talk about defense and and this and the other so this will be interesting especially here at the start because you play Detroit tonight at their place then you get a day off. Then you play Detroit again. So this newfangled NBA schedule, the way that it is, you've got back-to-back games in the same place on the road against a team that you were certainly better than. I expect them to get off to a 2-0 and start between tonight and Friday night when they're in Detroit. And they got to get Hunter playing back better because he didn't play well the other night. John Collins didn't play well the other night. I know night in, night out what I'm going to get from DeJounte Murray and from Trey Young. But I need that defensive effort out this year. While you've got Hunter and he's healthy and and he's got his legs underneath him. While you've got John Collins healthy. While you've got Capella healthy. Right? Even without Bogey and some of these guys. Okay. We still have all of our, we still have our whole starting roster and, you know, plenty of guys off the bench that no excuses right now. Especially at this point of the year when we're, three games into the season. But that road record has got to get better. And it's one of those things that we talk about the little details and the things that how are the Hawks going to get themselves into a top four or five seed? Well, being better on the road would be the first place to start. And again, especially when you look at this isn't going to Utah and Phoenix and places like that. This is going to Detroit and Madison Square Garden, where, you know, if I could quote Pedro Martinez, we're the New York Knicks daddy. I'll give you Milwaukee and Toronto. That won't be easy. I still think Milwaukee is one of the top two or three teams in the Eastern Conference. But get off to a good start tonight and Friday. Don't start off on an 0 for 1, 0 for 2 start here on the road. That 1 and 8 last year was tough for the Hawks to kind of bounce back. And if this team wants to tell me that it's going to be a top four or five seed, part of that is going to have to be a better road team. They've always played well at home. Now they've got to add in being better on the road as well. So it all starts tonight. They'll be in Detroit. We'll see what the, what happens. All right, well, thank you so much for making Locked On Sports Atlanta your first listen every day. Once you for your next listen to check out Locked On Sports Today. Hey, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day. Plus, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast from. Of course, head to YouTube.com for Locked On Sports Atlanta in the search browser. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. And, of course, free and available Odyssey, Spotify. We're available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. So download us for free. Leave us a five-star review. And, of course, check us out. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, we are now available on those platforms as well. Hit me up on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.